Hey guys, we had such a great time talking with Tyler and Jimmy at Snail Trail 4x4 that we actually went on for almost two hours. So we split it into two different podcasts. This podcast is part one and you can check out part two in a couple weeks. Also, Tyler and Jimmy are offering our listeners 15% off both Morflate and Snail Trail products. You can use code ROUGHSTUFF15 for that now. Hey guys, this is Rough Stuff Podcast number 15. I'm Rough Stuff CEO Garrett. I've got Mallory, our CFO, here with us. Hello. And also have Zach, our president, with us. Howdy. Uh, today, our guests are Tyler and Jimmy from Snail Trail 4x4. Hey, guys, what's going on? How's it going? I'm what's Tyler. Up? Hey, everybody. I'm Jimmy. Cool. The we- smooth, sultry voice over there. <laughs> <laughs> so Late well, night with uh, Jimmy. <laughs> So uh, Garrett and Zach got to be guests on your guys' podcast, what, like maybe six weeks ago, I think? Something yeah, like that? It was uh, 12 it was, episodes ago, so yeah, Something like weeks, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so my mouth is pretty good. You guys okay. got yeah. a really fast tempo yeah. on that. 12 episodes since then? That's, yeah. Well, wow. we do release two a week. Yeah. Wow. So you guys, since you have a podcast, are you guys big podcast listeners as well? Pretty um, much. He listens to a lot more than I do. So do mm-hmm. I. I uh, listen to a lot. I I only have like three, four main ones I listen to. Three to four, something like that. Yeah. Is um, Rough Stuff one of them? They are actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good, yeah. good, good. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, so, um, but I'm also not driving around as much right now. Yeah. So... Yeah. My, my day job, usually I'm driving all over Northern California, mm-hmm. uh, 40, 50,000 miles a year. So wow. I get a lot of time to listen to podcasts and this year haven't done that. So I'm like down to just like the three to four of them now. I'm actually very rarely in the car. <clears throat> Even when I was here full time, I average like 10,000 miles a year, probably. Yeah. I fill up my gas tank maybe twice a week. Holy or cow. not twice a week, every like, other week, sorry, every <laughs> other week. Like I can go easily two weeks. Nice. Yeah, we just live like 10 miles away. Nice. That'll go. Just the mall and rough stuff, but <laughs> not the mall right now. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> pre-COVID. So yeah. did you go to Delaro? I did. We yeah. both went to you, Delaro. I knew you did. I, I was curious if you did as well. Yeah. yeah, are you the one that was the swim coach? Yeah. Right? Okay, and what year was that? Oh, uh, it must have been around 2004. Five, four or five, five. Okay, so he's 04, I'm 05. Okay. But I mean, we weren't super into swimming. No. I'm trying to think. Well, my sister was on the swim team. Right, but not till like 2011. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't so, there then. I might you, have been at Sierra then. Did coaching. you do um, men's and women's, or how does that work? I don't when know. I was coaching at Del Oro, I was, yeah, I coached every, like, junior varsity and varsity and men's and women's. The, there was two, co- me and another buddy of mine, and we just. Yeah. Did. The only people I think I would remember, gosh, I don't even know. There was that one guy with the really big, like, red afro, but was he a runner or a swimmer? <laughs> I don't remember. I think he was a, um, a runner. How about have... the McCormicks? That sounds familiar. No. No? Uh, Chris and Josh McCormick. How about Alex Obert? Mm-mm. And no? I actually feel like I'm pretty good with names. <clears throat> he, uh, when he was at Delaro, he swam and played water polo. And his dad would yell at me all the freaking time to make him work harder. And I'm like, all right, fine, whatever, you know? Yeah, how's and the then, dynamic with parents? Oh, that sucks. That's, gonna <laughs> that's, be awful. that's the worst yeah. part of coaching. I for sure think that, right. yeah. But Obert's now on the Olympic water polo team. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. wow and he lives wow. off of Valverde. <laughs> Good thing you pushed him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's a sprinter. And his dad's like, no, he needs to do the 500 yards. And I'm like, oh. he can barely make it 100. Yeah. I'm trying to think now because it's been so long. But maybe there might have been like Emma Haney or a girl named Margot. 
Mm. Maybe. No. No. It's been a long time on yeah. my side too. <laughs> I just don't remember ever really knowing anyone that yeah. swam. Yeah, they're sort of the outcasts. Yeah, so. <laughs> I wasn't really like super in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, wait. <laughs> I don't know. I just I didn't know a lot of people in sports activities, mm-hmm. and I don't know if Garrett did either. Or band. Or band. Oh, or in band. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. Now I never thought about it. Did I know anyone in sports or band or anything? Garrett hung out by the tree. Mm-hmm. It was Which like the tree? bad kid. The one the by bad, the science building? The bad kid tree. In front tree. of the library? <laughs> the bad kid yeah, tree. the one by, behind, the behind the library. Yeah. With like the square around it now, I think. Okay. I was kind of a floater though. Like I would go to like every click. That's how know? I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was my freshman year. I was really good friends because I did swimming. So I grew up with the Limit <laughs> Space and Dolphins. And I was friends with, a, I was fast for my age group. So I swam up in the the league so when i was like 13 i was swimming with the like 17 18 year olds and so when i got to del oro i would all my swimming friends were all like juniors and seniors and so gotcha. i started hanging out with all yeah. of them right away yeah and then the yeah. next year they They're all graduated all and yeah. i'm like oh then you're eating lunch in friends. the library yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right so what year are you i was 99 okay my sister's 01 so i've been mm-hmm. 01 and she actually was part of the Loomis space and dolphins but okay um it w- what was that like very young like fifth grade fourth grade okay. it's like junior right the dolphins are yeah like... well you start at like five or six years old and goes to 18 i think my sister just me and both my sisters we did like a one-time tryout of anything mm-hmm. and then just didn't ever do anything again <laughs> it was like our one shot and we sucked at all of it i was a pretty slow swimmer i never did swim team but i did uh junior lifeguards over at Folsom lake okay i and... did that as well oh, you did yeah yeah and uh, I don't know what year that was. I guess I was like, thir- you know, 12 to 16 years mm-hmm. old in that range. And I, uh, at the end of the year, they do like that iron guard, I think they would call it. Where You're right. Like, yeah. You yeah. do like their tr- little triathlon, triathlon thing. Yeah. Where it's like mm-hmm. you run to the station, then you go swim, then you run up up the hill. And I would like running. I can, I used to be able to run just forever. My endurance was really good, um, but I had swim so slow. And so I'd be like first place in running and then swim and like like 20 people would pass me right you know and then i'd and we'd sprint back up the hill and i'd pass like eight more people and right like whatever you know yeah when did you did you have mr march yes and yeah. he did the triathlon he at was the school scary. he was like living in the 60s or 70s uh-huh. like it was always about vietnam it wasn't was, it it was militaristic was, like 100 yeah, he was really intense now as an adult i'm like maybe it wasn't so bad maybe no. he was on my, to something but as a kid you're like what the hell is he talking about right. yeah my yeah. friends that were in like football and stuff would say that like whenever a helicopter would fly over he'd say hit the deck <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you do his triathlon I did not know. No, he had a triathlon. Freshman year, he always ran kids through a triathlon, and I was second at the school behind Dustin Simmons, and I was so pissed uh-huh. because he could outrun me. We biked the same, he outran me, and we didn't swim a lot, and we didn't swim enough for me to be able to catch up. Right. But it was like the time he was at like halfway through the pool, and I was jumping in, and I was like right on his toes as we were finishing, and I was like, "Oh." Do you know where he is now in life, Dustin? Yeah, could we or compare March. now? To <laughs> I think we know where March is. Yeah, yeah. Dustin. I don't know where he's. Uh, he's a good Mormon boy out in Salt Lake, probably. But you should message him and be like, "I have not forgotten." You're I right. still think about yeah. it at night. Yeah. Let yeah, him know. I did. A, I also did a triathlon. Him again. I was just I gonna know. say you should do a rematch. Uh, I'm probably. Yeah, we need to swim a lot. <laughs> but I did it. I uh, well now, I don't know. It was probably seven or eight years ago. I actually did the Escape from Alcatraz triathlon. Wow. And there's a thousand people that do that, 
that's where they draw the line. I was in the top 100 in the swimming. Wow. And I was like 500th in the biking. I was 800th in the run. <laughs> <laughs> so we see your strong suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah. I was right in the middle. So good job for even out. attempting. We did yeah. beta breakers like oh, that's eight years ago, and it's just a lot of naked I old signed guys. signed up once, <laughs> and then I, I've done it four times. What so. are you guys talking about? Beta, beta breakers is a, yeah. it's just a five, it's not it's, a lot, 5K or yeah, something. Maybe so. um, I think there's a, yeah. But and you naked? start at, uh, well, well it, everything in San Francisco is yeah. up to anyone's oh, interpretation, gotcha. but it starts at, I can't remember what that like park area or mm-hmm. no it started it in... starts more or less at the bay bridge yes and yeah. you run to you run through golden gate park yes. at the end over to the beach mm. and a lot of people dress up they wear tutus mm-hmm. costumes like go the naked front half is like a marathon like a race and the back whole tail end of it is drunk people, people drinking <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and everybody and, on the yeah. street is like cheering you on and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. like that the, the first bar is like a hundred feet from the start they just have pictures of bloody mary's like yeah. out for you know like here you go yeah i, I could be down for this race right. <laughs> you don't really cool. have you don't to run, run or anything yeah. i ran it and i ran out i was like probably a quarter mile from the end, I'm like, this is boring. And I turned around and I went back to the park <laughs> to and the just bars. started drinking. Uh, <laughs> we went as runners, like trying to athletically mm. The second time, accomplish the first time yeah. we, we went and just drank. That's, yeah. The sprint hill is gnarly. <laughs> I don't even remember. It was, maybe it was more like 10 years ago. I don't even know if I worked here yet. It was a long it's time a long ago. Time, yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was Yeah, I, did, I didn't do like any training and she was like just nagging me about that and uh, giving, or giving me a hard time, you know? And uh, like in the first mile, I, like, I'll I, be good. I, I, don't I, worry. And then I, I like pulled my pulled like, like a groin yeah. muscle. And I was like, get up. We're still going. And he was like, leave me here. With the bar. Like, yeah. yeah I'm like, so Just then go. he hobbled the rest of it. And I was pretty, had a pretty shitty attitude. Because I was like, I trained she for trained this. She trained all hardcore. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I just showed up and hurt yeah. myself. Now, now we're, I'm slowing her down. You so. yeah. me down. I probably wouldn't have done a good job anyway. It's a story of life though right there, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if I would have done a good job anyway. So. I had a, a fun race. trip on the Rubicon one time that kind of went that way. Right. <laughs> you trained for it? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I keep up the maintenance on my rig. I went with somebody else and they broke a mile into the trail, like uh, right on the other side of the bowl. Not checking bolts oh, I can and beat things that. like just, that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Two so. drive shafts on Gatekeeper. Nice. Not me. Not me. Oh. <laughs> the guy I was with. And we're uh, like, okay. And like just before Gatekeeper, we were like, that's where we camped for the weekend right. <laughs> yeah. like, we're here we're not going home yeah that's a bummer dang that's a bummer uh, it was fun to see all the rigs go like pass by yeah that, you just so. have a great a spot sport, to yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So. which run has the uh, salmon run in San Francisco the beta breakers oh is that the beta mm-hmm. breakers okay. yeah they start at the top of the hill and once the elite mm-hmm. runners go by then, they work then the up. salmon come out people dressed as fish oh I was wondering what you mean <laughs> yeah. salmon yeah. The sam- these people like in fish outfits come out and go against oh, backwards that's up, up the race. Yeah. <laughs> Upstream. Wait, yeah. I never knew about that. That was at Beta Breakers because I, yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, that's Beta Breakers. Yeah. You guys are yeah. in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The we're like, forget it. Yeah. So we you're bringing it up that. because we've joked on our podcast about doing the salmon run during Jeepers Jamboree and getting oh. a bunch of Toyotas out there. And I know they closed the trail, but 
you, you have, have to have the day. Yeah, yeah the trails open at night for a certain period of time gotcha. and so i was like yep. well let's get like 10 toyotas and just wheel <laughs> through jeepers jamboree at didn't get to start leaving rubicon springs till 9 30 at night and it sucked yeah we should have just gone for it but yeah yeah i heard they're like real sticklers about things like that especially when they're drunk yeah especially when they're really really drunk they're really sticklers about it yeah they almost they said you guys couldn't leave right like what yeah was the they deal? said that uh they would call the sheriff on us mm-hmm. and that'd what? be really bad for me and my business so Uh-oh. at that point i got a little sour about it yeah. i'm sure yeah Started yeah we well. knew <laughs> we knew the window was there and we were if the the people that we were talking to we were saying you might be getting body damage from people kicking your rig yeah we don't know what's gonna happen if a bunch of toyotas start rolling through the springs yeah yeah, yeah. Oh midnight my while everybody's drunk so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. aren't like most toyotas though on the rubicon already like pretty damaged that's pretty much pretty yeah. 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 there's no reason yeah the reason yeah. on wheels that's why most of them were fine with it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i know true they're like one more you can't even notice yeah, yeah. so what do you guys do for a living outside of snail? Do you guys ha- have regular jobs? One of you guys was emailing me about a meeting today. Yeah, so I do um, tennis. I'm, I'm a sales in tennis for NorCal for Wilson Sporting Goods. Cool. And then I also have Morphlate and my off-road radio. Okay. So I do awesome. those and then the podcast um, and a few other little side projects. Cool. So. And what about you? Yeah, so this is Jimmy. I pretty much only run Snail Trail 4x4 right now. And that's all my nice. day job. So I do the YouTube side of things and the podcast. And then I just came out with a product called uh, Snail Armor. Right. And it's uh, smooth, flat tailgates for uh, Tacomas. Cool. Uh, and for now. Yeah. For now. <laughs> is that the only product you guys sell right now? Or do you have like a product line or? Um, well, I have some merchandise, stickers and hats and t-shirts and um, whatnot. And then I just that tailgate at the moment. That's only for third gens. And I just got the ones for second gens done because there is actually a very minuscule change between those two. Um, and then our, my goal is to come out with uh, forerunners here shortly. Cool. Awesome. So is that a product you designed yourself? Yeah. And did you design it in like a CAD software? Did you have someone draw it up for you? Do you have experience with that? I don't. Um, I do have a, a very small amount of CAD experience from high school. Um, when I when I was much younger, I wanted to be an architect. And then mm. the... Um, Are you I talking s- about the Frosh Tech days yeah. at Del Oro? <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. Was it Mr. Wyatt or something? It was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that class on that computer and it was just really old school. Yeah. I was really involved in it and actually become a t- um, became like a TA for that class and really enjoyed architecture. And then when I went to Sierra College, they wanted me to draw a bolt. And I was like, no, I want to draw houses. Like, but you have to learn how to draw a bolt. And I'm like, I don't want to draw a bolt. And that was the first class, the first and only class I failed. So, um, yeah, Not and so you, I though. got out of that. But one of my uh, one of my really good friends, Hustle Nuts on Instagram, is um, like a drafter and a project management huh. guy. And so I drew kind of some things up and then showed it to him. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what to do with that. And then, <laughs> and then he came out with a tape measure and drew it up again. Right and finalize the design cool and how many just because i want to know because we also design products Mm -hmm. how many processes did you have to go through how many first articles 
Can you tell me about the timeline and how was designing your first product and now releasing it? It's probably a huge win for yeah, you. Yeah, it was, it was a big step and it was actually really nerve wracking when it all happened, but, um, it only took me two versions. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. and it, the first one was pretty much spot on. And then we were like, oh, we can kind of tuck this corner in a little bit more and we can make the holes like move one a little bit farther one way and one back, you know, in the other direction. And then the second time it came out phenomenal. And so fine tuning on. was more all you need. Yeah. To. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's a huge I mean, it, step. It's a flat panel that uses the factory holes. So it's not, you know, every it's pretty simple in the, for the most part. So, right. But yeah. So, and then this, I didn't know the second gen was different because there's some competitors out there that say, oh, their tailgate that has some, is something very similar fits the second and third gen. So I was like, oh, mine must fit the second gen then too. <laughs> right. And I never fit it on a second gen. Uh. And then I had a, um, somebody that actually purchased one who's actually was one of our patrons mm -hmm. and he was like, Hey, this doesn't fit. And I was like, really, what's, can you help me out? Show like do the R and D for me. And he showed me why. And I was like, oh, okay, well. When I come out with a second gen, I'll give you one yeah. for, you know, your time and effort. And I won't say it's for a second gen anymore. And it's really was like, I needed to cut a hole or a section in the back, like two inches wider mm -hmm. than what the third gen is. And then it fit. That so. happens, mm -hmm. I think with everyone, it happens with, like it happened with us when we came out with the 22 RE motor mounts, mm -hmm. we didn't realize that the, I think the, like the bolt, the bolt that hold that attaches to the block or to the frame mm -hmm. can is like a half inch higher on a different model or something oh, yeah, really? different, different, different like years. The later. yeah because yeah. there's there's an early model and a late model 22 mm -hmm. re yeah so. and, and we didn't know that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. like it's a 22 yeah. re it's yeah. all it's got the same setups everywhere yeah i think yeah. one of our employees like products they're buying it installing it I'm like oh crap okay <laughs> let's fix it yeah yeah, yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. it's just part of the process yeah yeah Cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, what's, thank you. What's the manufacturing process on that? Are you, are you, is it like laser cut or is it red it's, CNC router? Um, no, it's water jet. Oh, okay. mm. it's water jet cut out. Um, Very and then cool. that company actually works with a powder coating company. And so they get a pretty decent price on that. And then, so they cut it and send it and they do all, they hand it over to the powder coater and they powder coat it to the specs that I called. And I wanted somewhat of a textured look yeah. and feel to kind of match what the bed is like anyway mm -hmm. and then and i get it back as a finished product awesome wow. and then i package it and ship it are you doing getting that cut locally yeah oh that's in nice. roseville oh cool that's awesome. it's not by chance harrison bruno is it no oh, okay because they have <laughs> they have a facility out in roseville and they have a water jet a couple uh, of water jets yeah i toured it's, them and it's real it's pretty cool yeah it's yeah. lmb construction oh okay mm -hmm. they oh, yeah, sound really yeah. familiar yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah they do a bunch They're of like they do a bunch of like structural yeah stuff, a right? lot of industrial structural yeah. stuff yeah mm -hmm. yeah okay. watching the process of water jet is pretty amazing to know it that is. water can be that powerful to yeah. cut through well there's some like sand like particles on the inside it, i think they call it gunite is that what i can't no, remember it's not gunite uh, it's something else but it's essentially a sand yeah. filled water yeah, mm -hmm. to get the the more cutting power Texture. with the abrasive yeah. Yeah. The cut. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. It's crazy yeah. when you start seeing how thick they can cut. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh. Yeah. Uh, like, we just toured um, Sencal Metals, and it was yeah. unbelievable. Down in Stockton. Doing, mm -hmm. uh, like, what was it, steel, and then it was fiberglass layered into it or something? I think it was, I thought oh, it was like steel and aluminum. It was like, or steel it, and it aluminum. ended up being like eight inches thick or yeah. something crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was a, yeah. yeah, it was layered together and it was cut in amazing anything mm -hmm. else just blow it apart you know yeah, it's right. super cool to watch like yeah. eight, eight of them like they just go into town yeah. Yeah. yeah the benefit of the water jet is that there's no slag or anything else that mm. hangs off it's like a very clean cut the first yeah. time and you right. don't have to go back especially on know, thinner stuff too i mean it's yeah. like it's an eighth smooth. inch yeah, yeah. and so you can layer 
sheets of material so you can cut a bunch of like eighth eighth you know eight pieces of eighth inch if you wanted to or whatever mm-hmm. right yeah mm-hmm. yeah Very so tyler cool. tell us a little bit about morphlate man we checked it out a little bit the one you guys uh oh, yeah, gave for the dan day giveaway yep. it was pretty cool <clears throat> yeah um that was really interesting that went through a lot of different iterations <laughs> um but it's essentially it's a four tire inflation and deflation kit so you can hook it up to all four of your tires um and then anytime you're going to air down or air up for your trips uh, it's super easy. It all comes out of one central manifold. So you don't have to be squatting at your tires, checking pressures over and over again. And, uh, it just makes things so much more convenient and a lot quicker and a lot easier on your compressors as well. Um, to be running four tires instead of just into one tire. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all, it's all set up and it's a, it's, I spent five years developing and, and changing out parts and finding out all the parts that really work together really well. Um, to make it as user-friendly as I possibly could make it, but still make it super durable so that people aren't gonna have issues. And it fits on the widest range of applications as possible. So you can use it with CO2 tanks, compressors, um, on almost any wheel tire combo out there. Um, And it's just packs away, it's portable, so you don't have to build it into your rig. I know there's some issues with some other systems out there that if the install isn't done correctly, um, you have a lot of issues with your air system. And so this just takes all of that out of it. Um, you can air up your buddies with it, throw it in. You have one kit for multiple vehicles. If you have a bunch of toys, different toys to play around with. So um, it's been a lot of fun and it's it's been cool. I came out with it two years ago um, and all the marketing has just been literally from pretty much the podcast and Instagram influencers. Hmm. Um, and, and people love it and I really... Um, lean on their reviews and their feedback of their experiences with it so uh, it's been a lot of fun really cool and what does that product sell for uh 179 for the regular quad and then if you and that goes up to 125 inch wheelbase so that'll cover most of your off-roading rigs out there uh if you need something up to 155 inch wheelbase it's 199 and then uh, we also do custom applications so if you need something bigger for your your bigger you know dual cab long bed f-250s or 350s whatever they are um we'll do custom applications or we've done rv hookups rv oh. setups wow um, that's a good idea tow rig setups fire trucks fire trucks i did a couple fire wow. trucks recently so a tandem axle fire trucks um, that's awesome so yeah it's really cool uh it's it's been turned into a little bit of a monster i originally just kind of created it just to give me some extra money for my off-roading addiction. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's turned into a lot more than that, which has been a really cool problem to kind of see and grow um, the way it's growing right now. So Good. That's Congratulations awesome. on that. Great Thank price, you. too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great value. And where mm-hmm. do people find that? At? Is that your website? or? Yeah, over at morflate.com. So oh, okay. M-O-R-R. And that stands for My Off-Road Radio, which is what I originally started in with ham radio stuff. Gotcha. <laughs> And then uh, I was just like, well, it's tied under the My Offroad Radio company. And then it, it very quickly outgrew that. And I had to kind of split it off into its own website. Gotcha. So uh, M-O-R-R-F-L-A-T-E dot com. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So how did you guys meet? Uh, that's a funny question, kind of. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, have a, we have a mutual friend yeah. uh, who runs Trail4R. Um, it's a forerunner blog. And... I met him because uh, the company I used to work for hired him as a web designer. Mm. And then he went off-roading with Tyler. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and Tyler at that time had a first-gen 4Runner. Yeah. And I have my truck, which is a 91 Toyota pickup. And he was like, 
you've got to meet this guy, Tyler. He's right <laughs> up your alley. He has a beat up old, you know, Toyota. Old Toyota. It's and, all that. You know, yeah, and it's like, you guys should be best friends. And pretty much since we met, we kind of have been. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So you guys got uh, set up on a four wheel blind date, essentially. <laughs> kind of. Is what that ended what up happening was uh, Brennan. So Jimmy was doing install videos for Brennan for mm-hmm. his uh, fifth gen forerunner in the blog and everything. And so Brennan invited me over to Jimmy's shop to kind of help with, it was, it was a bigger, I think it was a suspension swap out, something like that, that day. And then ever since then it was, I was, yeah, <laughs> we've just been going over to love it first. I, was I, know, right? <laughs> I wasn't going to say it all. Make it weird. You'll make it weird. Okay. Uh, <laughs> cool. And how long ago was that? Uh, two years? A little over two oh, years. Oh, wow. You'd think you guys have known each other for way longer. Oh, yeah. We uh, talk like every day, yeah. so that seems like it. <laughs> Do but, you guys yeah. have bunk beds? Just wondering. No. We just <laughs> become best friends. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. We probably have fallen asleep under a rig at the same time, though. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So tell us a little bit about your podcast, what you guys cover, and I also want to know about your YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh man! Um, so the the podcast. Do you want to do the YouTube? Do I? Want to do YouTube? <laughs> well, it's all. I mean, it's all kind of tied together, mm. really. Uh, it's a lot of uh, similar content where uh, the podcast is a lot of um, what our shenanigans, what we get, what we go out and do off roading wise, and build on our rigs, wrench on our rigs, and um, how the some of the issues we have with our rigs, how we overcome them, how we engineer different things to make our rigs do what we want them to do. Right. And then how to, and then encouraging people to do the same thing, right. To play around with their vehicles, um, and you know, figure out what they want to do with their vehicles and then how do they make their vehicles get to that point. And so that's a lot of the podcast and it's a lot of, you know, we have two segments, a Monday episode and a Thursday episode. Mondays we try and keep it more towards educational stuff. So like, uh, having you guys on and teaching people about what rough stuff does and, where you guys came from or, you know, some of the other companies out there like Nitro Gears or Best Line Racing or Gear Wrench. And um, there's a lot of really cool companies out there in the off-road industry that do some really cool stuff. And the more that we can kind of help share that information with everybody um, is something that is we're really passionate about. And then, of course, the Thursday's episodes are pretty much what we got into, what <laughs> troubles we got into, what fun we had the previous weekend. So Kind of like the recap of you guys on personalized. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. cool. Yeah, we yeah. started off with uh, trying to do one episode that was one hour long, and then our <laughs> what the heck have we been up to section ended up being one hour long, and we never got to actually the main topic. Yeah. And so we're like, well, all right, let's just split these into two episodes. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what threw us into the two episodes a week um scenario yeah because otherwise our episodes were moving along to like two two and a half hours yeah. long joe rogan really, style it's yeah. like three hours and yeah. 40 minutes <laughs> pretty much yeah right and yeah. then um on the youtube side it's a lot of some trail reviews going out and exploring the trails out in this mm. beautiful area of northern california and uh you know kind of talking about where you've been and what how how the trail progresses and if where the obstacles are and how to kind of get through the obstacles and then a lot of um how to episodes of like how to install or how to fix a main fuse on a 22 re and you know how to change a rear main seal and you know just a lot of how-to information Mm -hmm. so you guys are exclusively toyota right 
Yes and no. Me, yeah, kind yeah. of more, more or less. More or less. <laughs> more so out of necessity. Just, yeah. All of all of our vehicles are Toyota, <laughs> so that's what we know. That's what we have. Um, but a lot of the content that we cover is it's translatable to a lot of different vehicles in the okay. operating world. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. once you start talking about wheel travel and right. gearing and gear ratios, uh, it's it's yeah. all very applicable across the board. Mm-hmm. But um, everything just gets related to Toyotas because that's what we have. That's what <laughs> yeah. we love. So yeah. a lot of on the YouTube side, mm-hmm. I primarily only work on Toyotas, and so that is and the YouTube was started before the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so our whole intro of the podcast is all, you know, like if you like off-roading in Toyotas and wheeling in Toyotas and making fun of Toyotas, <laughs> you know, then this is the spot for you. But yeah. um, that really stemmed from that's all we kind of did at the start, you know, and that's what I worked on at the time. But a lot of, or there's a few things on the YouTube channel that are like, Hey, let me do a rig walk around on a Jeep or let me do a rig walk around on a scout, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. So there, I mean, or a Unimog. Did you get yeah, the Unimog done? I haven't done the Unimog oh, yet. Okay. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's like we're, we're centered around Toyotas, but we're, we're open to You're the open interior. to other vehicles. Yeah, all vehicles. Good for you guys. I was just like, what JKs. if I was just going to say, what if I uttered the word Jeep? Would everybody gasp? I wasn't quite sure. So no, we'd yeah. just be like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So can Slight you guys? Roll. Yeah. Can you guys tell me about your background in off-road four-wheeling? Um, How did you guys get into it? Were you tinkering as kids? Were you? Was it something your parents helped you get involved with? Yeah. Um, when I was like. 14 i wanted to build a car to take to high school right and i was like i i need to start early because i want this to be a cool vehicle you know and i want to have the coolest ride on campus (laughs) and i went to my dad and i was like hey i want to build a car and my dad's like nope (laughs) it's like i don't think you understand how much work that is and now i do and i agree with my dad i would have said no to my child too um but I didn't have, um, like any knowledge of mechanics at, when I started and I really fell into a line with a bunch of friends that got into off-roading. We all kind of got trucks when we started and I did I actually started with an XJ, um, at the very beginning. And then I got rid of that very shortly after that and got a Toyota <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, there, I've said it a few times, but I have a famous story of like ripping apart a part of the Toyota and breaking it and not being able to put it back together and locking my dad in his garage so he couldn't go to work that day you know and he was like you've got to get this thing fixed today and get it moved you know and i was like okay fine i'll figure it out yeah. you know? and uh and i really it's like i when i started i guess i kind of skipped over little things but when i was very very little my parents used to give me like old vcrs that were broken and i could just tear them apart and mm. play with them and tinker mm. them and figure out how things went together and huh. how they worked and I think a lot of that led into me, like, I've never really ever been trained on how to do a suspension lift, you know, but if I can take it apart, I figured I could put it back sure, together. Everything in number one yeah. and two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I do. I do that, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, especially for an engine swap or something, you yeah. know, it's like label everything. Cause then, mm-hmm. you know, and take lots of photos. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that all sort of stemmed. And then just having good friends in high school and, you know, going out and, learning together and wheeling together and learning what's wrong and how to break everything and how to hydro lock your engine and you know all these fun all the things good stuff yeah Prairie city man it was fun back in the day but um that's sort of what i how i started and then college just brought it to another level because i was really close to pismo and went out there on the oshana dunes many times and 
Yes, it got into more trouble. <laughs> got it. What about you? So I grew up um, doing a lot of off-roading and camping, a lot more camping than off-roading, but um, my dad was into off-roading a lot, and I grew up kind of near Fresno in Visalia, Tulare area. So we had really quick access up to Shaver Lake and Bald Mountain and Red Lake and Red Mountain Trails, um, Swamp, Doozy, all those fun trails over there. And so that was my experience of off-roading as a kid growing up, um, and so... I never had any mechanical inclination. I like until I met Jimmy. I think Jimmy's taught me most everything that I know. That's scary. Than, <laughs> <until> I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like until I met Jimmy and really started figuring out how to take apart vehicles and what the different parts and components of a vehicle are, I didn't know what the difference between a ball joint and a kingpin was. Like I, I, any anything like that. I barely knew the difference between different wrenches at that point. Like. Um, and then just kind of hanging out with Jimmy and he's like, oh yeah, we're just, let's just take the transmission out of this vehicle and, and do the rear main seal or the clutch or something. And I'm like, we're going to pull a transmission. What? The, I, what? I'm, he goes, yeah, no problem. Okay. I remember one time you were over and I'm like, let's rip apart your hub. It sounds like it's making noise. And you're like, I've never done that. I've never, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the first time I rebuilt my front axle. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is a, this is one of the easy things to do. Like, Probably um, why it's making noise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've learned all the stuff that I know about mechanics just in the past two, two and a half years of, of hanging out with Jimmy and doing the podcast, doing a, getting, just diving into the deep end of having my own off-roading rig now. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the biggest thing that we harp on the podcast and I'm, I'm a huge testament to it is if you're going to go off-roading, you need to know how your vehicle works mm-hmm. and at least do the basic stuff how things are attached to your vehicle yeah, yeah. so if stuff falls off on the trail you know how to right. put it back together mm-hmm. um and so being able to kind of take that and and show people that somebody coming into it at you know up until two years ago had no clue about anything mechanical um and then being able to you know rebuild a full axle and, and do a whole knuckle rebuild put new knuckles on or pull apart transmissions and t-cases and, and pull apart differentials and redo gears and stuff do um, a, the swappy swap the swappy swap swap, swap yeah. where we like swap <laughs> transmissions and t-cases from three rigs into like just other and different axles and axles too. around yeah moved like, them around three rigs in one week wow yeah. oh, gosh. <laughs> that was fun was so that just practice or was that like trying to get was, something done it was trying to get something done so i had my first gen uh my first gen forerunner that was stolen oh. uh after sierra trek last year wow so literally i came home from sierra trek and i had all my tools all my camping equipment all my spare parts all of uh, i had a ton of radio equipment some ham radio repeater in there a ton of stuff in there and it was all poof gone the next morning at sierra trek or at your house at my house so oh, i wow. drove home that night parked it when i came back wow. out in the morning it was gone Oh. The, wow. the whole forerunner, the whole was, forerunner gone. was gone. Oh, they stole the entire yeah. thing. The whole thing, yeah. Well, you just stick a screwdriver in and right. you're yeah. That's all you door. need for those, exactly. Yeah. Right? That's how Mallory steals cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when I finally got it back, um, the It interior, was actually found. It was found. Right? Oh. Social media is amazing. Where was it found? Close by? It was actually found uh, downtown Sacramento, a block from the CHP. Ooh, offices they were playing with fire uh-huh wow <laughs> so was there anything fun in it a nice ransom note or anything no cute? no nothing cute was it stripped of all your things everything was gone yeah okay. thirteen thousand dollars was the total insurance claim on everything um but the tires were still there the axles were still there the transmission and t cases were all still there the engine was still in it yeah. there was one fog light left 
Yeah. Really? <laughs> so they, they mostly took, took, took your light. personal items. They, took, they, they didn't understand off-road rigs. Yeah. Right. They, it, everything, I could still take the rig. If I just threw a battery in it, I could still go and do the Rubicon and Ford Ice in it at that point. Gotcha. What's the, what's the, where do you live? What yeah, city? I was just going to ask I that. lived in Rancho at the time, Rancho okay. Cordova. Did you um, park on the street? Or I was driveway? on the street. We didn't. Have, it doesn't. A the the four hundred didn't fit in a garage, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't have a driveway there. We're in a condo area, mm-hmm. so um, I had to park on the street. And I even had a, a hidden fuel pump cutoff switch that I was religious about shutting off. And that night, coming home from Sierra Trek, I was having fuel pump issues, and so I actually stopped at Jimmy's on my way home, swapped my fuel pump, oh, um, so you couldn't do that. and then I was like. Well, it's, it's him, working, uh, so I don't want to shut it off and not have it work tomorrow when I need to sit down and really diagnose all the wiring for it. Right. And when he stopped in, I gave him one of those shaky siphon, the suction jiggler, siphon, jiggler, jiggler siphon. siphon. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, uh, when we found, I just I didn't set the, the fuel pump cutoff switch that night because I figured I was going to wake up first thing in the morning and start diagnosing why the fuel pump wasn't working properly. It's just one night. No one's going to exactly, steal anything. Right. How many times have we all it's thought the that? the one yeah. time it doesn't yeah. have the switch off. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if, you if you didn't stop, they would have. Uh, they probably would have pulled over because all the problems, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been, it's just like a mile down the road yeah. on the side. Yeah. Yeah. It was that 10 miles good. away. 10, 12, 10 to 12, something like that. But yeah. the gas tank was empty. Yeah. Oh, they <laughs> so, ran out. No, because they used the siphon oh, I gave them. Oh, I get them. you. I get you. I forgot about that. Well, that was in the forerunner. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> this thing's awesome. I was like, he just filled his tank up. I'm going to use this all weekend. Yeah. yeah. It was, I was like, oh, man, I gave him the apparatus to steal all your gas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's 30 bucks worth of gas? Yeah. yeah. So anyways, we, we found the forerunner. Social media found the forerunner, which is really cool. Um, I, I was amazed. We had... 200 300,000 likes, reposts, follows, and total engagements wow. from Facebook, uh, Instagram, everything about just one post that said, Hey, my forerunner's stolen. Um, keep an eye out for it. Nothing it was... excites a crowd more than feeling like they have a part in yeah. some vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being yeah. Mm-hmm. Lanty was... and trying to help someone. Yes, yeah, super, was... super impressive. It was discovered by not a four wheeler. Yeah, it was wow. discovered by somebody in the tennis community, actually. Oh, good. So one of, one of my tennis <laughs> people was driving by and they're like, they took a picture of it and it had my license plate, which is my ham radio call sign on it. They're like, oh. is this yours? I was like, yes, where are you? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So did you hook them up with some tennis equipment? Yeah, uh, I did actually. Yeah. Aww, <laughs> yeah. So, That's nice. Yeah. He was a cool guy. He's a, he's been a long time buddy. Um, so we did that. And once I got the rig back, I was like, I love all the drivetrain, the axles, everything is beefed up. It's a great rig. But A, it doesn't have four doors, so the space that's behind the driver and passenger seat in the first-gen 4Runners, it's just Pretty not limited. usable space. So I was like, I want four doors. Um, so I started looking around. I was like, well, now would be the time. My, my wife, then fiancé, was like, well, you know, if, if you're going to get a new rig with four doors, now's the time to do it. And I was like, really? Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't tell me that. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she was like, yeah, now would be the time. And so... That, and it just didn't feel like my rig anymore. The interior was kind of stripped. All Everything I'd put in there, my ham radios, my stereo, it's everything was violated. gone. It's been violated, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. So I was like, it's just not my rig anymore. <laughs> and so I found this four-door uh, second-gen 4Runner with a 20 that had been swapped from the 3.0 to the 22RE uh, on 37, solid axled. And um, it was spool or welded in the rear and spooled in the front. And so I was like... Well, I'll, you know, I went, I had Jimmy look at it because I was in New York at the time. 
And so I told the guy, I was like, hey, can I have a buddy come over and look at it? And then I can send you a deposit if that works. And, <laughs> and he kind of, his response was, hey, no offense, but this sounds like a scam. I was I'm just like, going to, okay. I'll send you a wire right I'm in, now. I'm in New York right I'm now. I'll wire you You wire me, I wire it back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I can see how that would Yeah, yeah. so across. if you send a human over, that helps. Yeah. Well, but it was funny because you're like, no, no, no. Like, we're friends. Like, we were on the podcast, Nail Trail 4x4, and we That's have the helpful. YouTube channel. Yeah. And he was like, I know you guys. Oh, <laughs> That's great. And he was yeah. totally open to the idea yeah, after, that. after that. Um, so Jimmy went and looked at it, and he goes, yeah, it looks like a great rig. And um, I went and looked at it when I came back and bought it. And then I had a trip to Barrett Lake in, like, I don't know, a month? Something like that? Some, yeah, maybe. And so we kind of started talking about, okay, how's the possibility? I want to get my axles with the chromolis and the arbs and everything and gusseted and 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 backbone trust under the second gen so what do we got to do to make that happen also the second gen only had a dual 2.28s it didn't have a 4.7 gear mm. and so it was like all right what's our options here how are we going to make this work in a month so it took three weeks of planning and then we started taking everything apart and then halfway through it we were like oh these t cases are 21 spline <laughs> and i had the r151 in the the transmission that's a 23 spline in the first gen so we couldn't swap the drivetrain the t cases between the two rigs and that's when we ended up uh, halfway through the week taking yeah. apart jimmy's okay. rig as well <laughs> taking apart his whole drivetrain his transmission t cases and it became a swappy swap swap. Uh, what are friends for if right? they yeah. can't give you a yeah. TK? Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he ended up with the R151 transmission. So, yeah. yeah it's a, I won out of this deal. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a fun week. And that's, you know, that's how I, a lot after that week, I was like, I'm like, we literally did everything with like sockets and wrenches. And I was like, that's really what all this and jack is. And yeah, yeah. Four jacks and jack stands. So after that, I was like, okay. We can, we, like, it's not, vehicles are not as mysterious right. as people make them out to be. Um, yeah. And that's, it really opened my eyes yeah. a lot to. Unless there's an electrical issue. Yeah. <laughs> then it's all magic it's going magic. on. Yeah. Yeah. What about your, like, welding experience? Like, uh, what, what's, what's both your backgrounds with that? Oh, man. I suck. Did you, yeah. take, did you take welding at Delaro? I didn't. No. Um, the welding teacher, Mr. Chalkin, was really... We both had him. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, never, you didn't? I never took welding in high school. Oh, you yeah. didn't? Mm, I never took welding. I took I woodshop. Took, oh, I took woodshop welding and advanced I took woodshop, but nice. I never took welding. And I, I regret it now. I didn't mm-hmm. weld until after, until after high school. I got a job sweeping floors at a welding shop here in Loomis. And mm. then just started applying myself kind of get in there yeah. yeah yeah i was curious like what you know because it, yeah. it sounds like you're doing a lot of mechanical stuff uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah we don't do the, uh, at least at this point in time we're not doing a lot of fab work yeah um gotcha well i have a my really good friend jason husman is uh an amazing fabricator mm-hmm. um yeah i've spoke about him a little earlier Hustle we pretty much just have him come over we kind of mock it up and like i'm really good at the angle grinder so i can like set it up and i'm yeah. like hey you want to come over and weld this for me <laughs> you know and i have a little lincoln 140 at my house running flux core and it does everything that i've needed it to do up to this point and then Tyler just picked up a Miller 151. A 251. For, oh, 251, thanks, yeah. uh, nice. for his house. And I'm so, surprised for how determined you are that you haven't, you know, dove uh, in yet. What do you think holding it's you a, back? No, uh, 
time, I guess. Yeah. I, it's it's inevitable. It, I'm I've been playing around with it, and right. I welded some stuff up the other day. You know, in my safety shop sandals that we were talking about <laughs> earlier. You know. Don't do that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it it's again like I just need a bigger welder. I think is one of the things, and then it'll it'll be all a slippery slope. I think it's always. I think in my opinion, in fabrication, well, I guess with welding, it's uh, it's more about the prep. Yeah. Like even yes. with TIG or MIG or anything, mm-hmm. like if you if it's not if the joints don't fit together well, it's not going to weld very well. Mm-hmm. So even with that flux core, like a flux core can be really strong because it burns super hot. They're it's hotter, just yeah. is a you're just doing a lot more fill, more passes, and that kind right. of is sucky. Yeah, <laughs> I got a bad taste in my mouth when I bobbed my bed and I was trying to weld it together, and that metal's <laughs> oh, yeah. so thin, you know. Yeah, and I was it. just like, That'll oh, I can it. do this, and, you burn and it just burnt, like I'm yeah. like, I don't get it, you know. <laughs> and so I, I didn't weld for like many years. <laughs> yeah, you have like a four foot lead of wire running <laughs> yeah. through the bed. Yeah, I didn't weld for a while after that. But I have some pretty cool like um, welding wire for like gas welding or TIG welding that well that that actually uh, has a lower melting temperature than like a, than a steel rod and okay. it's for doing like body work and stuff and yeah, I, I think like I, sheet metal stuff yeah and mm-hmm. i did i did a bunch of sheet metal work for this guy um with like a desert truck a long time ago and i did it because i wanted to learn more about like i wanted more to practice in tig welding mm-hmm. so every time he'd ask me to take i'm like yeah, yeah i'll do it cool yeah i'll come on over and whatever and we did it and uh but yeah it was super easy because it would just melt like it's kind of like just melting butter on the metal yeah. and it just bonded uh-huh. together it's not as strong as a weld but for doing sheet metal it's cool. It's like it's kind of like brazing, I guess. But I was gonna say it wasn't some other brazing rods yeah, kind of thing. I, I, got... I don't remember the the actual. Maybe it was brawn. I don't know. <laughs> I, I forget it was, but it was uh, yeah. It, for doing that body panel stuff, that might be a better yeah. choice next time around. Get that. Even like gas welding might be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know what I was doing then, and I. Yeah have only a little bit better idea what i'm doing now so i i have like very very little sheet metal experience mainly it's mainly like uh more structural stuff with like suspension and whatnot but yeah that's what i learned from sheet metal i'm like that's cool stuff because even tack welding out with a mig would which is is very difficult you know and it warps really a, a ton uh-huh. yeah yeah so gas yeah. welding was my specialty in high school yeah she's got nice. a good it's very it's very uh, like fine work so yeah. it would be good for that okay Nice. Yeah, my my welding has just come in the past like <laughs> six to seven months. <laughs> um, and it's I come a long started... way, actually. That you showed me pictures of your passes, like I think that two has days more ago. to do with just having a really nice machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just uh, the first time I welded was not even a year ago on Jimmy's 140, the Lincoln 140, and the flux corner. I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. You're yeah. literally just gluing metal together. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I just got, I got hooked on that. And then, um, between Jimmy, you know, telling me about his limited knowledge and then going over and talking a lot with, uh, Hussman, our buddy, um, and, and seeing about the, you know, the proper ways to prep, uh, joints and prep your metals before you weld them. Um, and then just kind of getting the concept of, Really, you're just kind of heating stuff up and then filling that in. And that's the, the goal is to get the proper amount of heat in there so you're getting good penetration and then filling it back in with your, your fillet material. And so um, it was it's just from that. And then I was like, oh, this is just so cool. And so I went out and found a, a bankruptcy auction stuff. And I found a, a Miller 251 on there and brought it home and 
Uh, sideways in his rap sideways in the rap uh, four. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good <laughs> yeah had to go through it check all the consumables yeah. it was set up for 480 volts so i had to redo the jumpers mm. and figure out how all that worked and um and i just recently took it because um i'm still not at the point where i really can see and know what everything's doing i really have to like as i'm welding move my head around and see how everything looks while i'm going um the miller nozzles are ginormous and so I'm just not used to the feel of everything yet. And I have to really depend on how things look. And I just can't see around the nozzles. So I just converted all my consumables and uh, converted them over to Bernard stuff. So I can run smaller tip nozzles last night. So it's, now I'm like, when I get home later tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to end up playing around with that. So That's cool. I mm-hmm. actually use the, like, it's been a while since I've welded consecutively, but like at like hammers or something, if I am mm-hmm. welding there, if I'm welding, I'm like, consistently for a while i actually use the nozzle to block the direct light from my eyes because oh, it, it just yeah. you get used to just welding like a straight line mm-hmm. it's pretty uh-huh. straightforward over time yeah and so all yeah you just kind of i generally don't like want that direct light hitting me because it just gets it gets tiring over over a full I, day i could totally see how that would be too and i'm just i'm not there yet yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i see more practice running doing, lines i guess doing so. the production stuff has really helped me in the past like when we were doing the differential covers mm-hmm and it was you, you kind of get bored you know you weld the same thing all day long and so the switch it up makes it more interesting and so um i just switched it up to doing it left-handed you know on certain okay. passes because yeah. it's not like the a right-hand pass when you're doing a uh, a weld that's like a mirror image i guess when you're doing it right hand on the other side it welds differently uh-huh. and so i would just switch hands and then start welding left hand it, it didn't look the greatest at first but uh-huh. it was mm-hmm. it was passable okay. and then they just got better and better over time and now i'm doing like non-production welding like on a rig it's it's not as difficult now to just use my left hand and, and, and get nice. in right sure spot. yeah yeah, yeah. I and mean, you know there's really famous people out there that say you know and like racers will say don't drive the easy line every single time when you're racing make sure to take the hard lines right and so you're kind of saying the same thing you know it's yeah. like try something yeah. hard and out of the you know out of the box and you're learning a new skill out of it mm-hmm. definitely yeah i think during the production side of it, it makes it really easy because you're just doing the same thing Right. over and over again so you can quickly pick apart your mistakes yeah. and then fix them you know you have a lot of time to practice and Figure get that repetitiveness yeah. in there so thanks for listening to part one of this podcast with tyler and jimmy at snail trail 4x4 stay tuned for part two next week